Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Greetings, everyone. It is March 26th. This is episode 60 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. My name is Jason A. Meiske, thriller author and your host. My gosh, 60 episodes now. This is, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I love all the feedback that uh, that fans are sending us, whether that's through social media, on Facebook and Twitter, or emails that you're sending. Thank you so much. You guys are wonderful. I really appreciate all the comments, and I love, 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 love hearing from you. Uh, if you want to reach out to the show, the best thing to do is contact us through email, which is the Sample Chapter Podcast at gmail.com. One of the really exciting things we've done this past week is we finally got our URL all set. So if you are looking for the show, uh, you want to look at uh, old episodes, all you got to do now is look up samplechapterpodcast.com and you're going to find us. And like I said, you can find an old episode because the episodes are evergreen. So we've got 60 episodes. Not every one of those is a new author, but about, oh my gosh, I think uh, I think 50, 57 57 of those, I think, maybe 56, are authors. So that's 56 different authors that you can listen to. Well, I guess last week was a repeat, but it's a new book from them. So, <laughs> so you know, technicalities. But still, 50-plus authors. Let's just say it that way. 50-plus authors, 50-plus books and sample chapters for you to go back. And with any luck, you're going to find a book and an author that you really like. And that's my hope, anyway, is that, uh, that you're going to find something that you like. Because every one of these authors have come on, you know, they're really putting their hearts out there for you in not just on the show, taking that chance and coming on the show and, and as nerve-wracking as it is for them to read, but they've also got this book that they've, you know, bled and sweat and lost sleep over, and it's it's tough. Uh, can be really tough being an author. So, you know, that's what this show is for, is to give them another outlet, another platform, if you will, to release, you know, to, to share their work with the world. And if you are an author, I'd be happy to have you come on the show. So reach out to us. Uh, like I said, email is probably the best thing to do. Reach out to us, samplechapterpodcast, gmail.com, and let me know that you're interested in coming on the show. And uh, we'll work something out. Uh, you know, and like I said, like I, as I was saying though before about it's tough to be an author, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you out there, all you authors who are having a rough time, you know, you're, you're struggling with maybe the daily word count, maybe you're stuck on something, you know, don't give up. Just keep going. You know, you get hung up on something, uh, maybe try a different chapter. You know, jump ahead, jump around. And you can always come back to it later because I've that's you know a little secret that I've found that works for me. One of the things that our guests last week, uh, Armand Rosamy and Chuck Buddha, they were here last week, and their book, by the way, just real quick, their book Keyport Cthulhu Two is available today. So last week you got to hear the sample chapter. Today the book is available. So if you pre-ordered it, it's already dropped in your uh, Kindle, uh, which means yeah, I should have it in mine. I need to go check that. Uh, I should have it in mind as well. Uh, so yeah, that book's available to you. Anyway, what I was saying though was one of the things that really spoke to me was 
they talked a little bit about authors uh, struggling with imposter syndrome. And this is something that I believe Chuck was really the one speaking on that he looks at Armand as he's you know top of the line, and I agree Armand is much more has much more experience than either one of us, but as Armand would say, as an author you're still putting in the work, you are putting in the hours and the time, and if you have written a book, you have every bit of right to be at a table doing a signing as the person next to you that's got 10, 15 books or whatever, it doesn't matter. You have put in the work and you deserve to be there. So if you get a chance to go somewhere uh, and do a book signing, have fun with it. You have earned that right and a fun moment you need to enjoy it when you go. You are not an imposter, you are an author and you have worked hard to deserve as such, you know, to deserve this, uh, this treatment. So hang in there, okay? Now, <laughs> one of the things with uh, this week's guest, Ellie Douglas, uh, she and I have been talking back and forth the last few weeks. We've talked about edits, and uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'll give you a little bit of insight about this show. So this is, as you know, it's a weekly show. Every week's a new author, a new chapter. But you know, whenever I go to record this part of it, I will record this multiple times. Like. I usually I get no further than maybe 30 seconds or less, maybe 10 seconds. I will say hello, and then I start coughing. <laughs> so stop, delete, start over. Okay, and then it's greetings, hey everybody, and then I don't like it because I've said something goofy or whatever. I will repeat this over and over and over, you know, 10, 15 times sometimes. You know, on my worst, on my worst days. I think I've had a couple of times where I only had to start over maybe two or three times. I think three times is the lowest I've ever done. But I, yeah, this beginning intro part of it, it takes me a little bit. Uh, once I get going, I usually do pretty well. But I have had one time where I recorded about eight minutes. And I had been messing up and forgetting to say so many other things that I just said, oh, screw this. Hit stop, deleted the entire thing, looked over my notes, and then started over. Came out much better. I didn't have so much editing to do because, you know, I do go back through and I edit this portion of it because uh, I'm sitting here and I do flub. And uh, obviously I go back through and I edit the show, uh, pull out some of the background noises, whatever I can. And uh, in some cases, the authors, such as today, Ellie, uh, sends me the recording uh, through whatever reasons. You know, maybe there was an internet problem, maybe there was some other things, or... Uh, like in Ellie's case, uh, she uh, had the ability to provide me a, uh, a cleaner reading, I guess would be the way to put it. Uh, so, and this was, this is a really cool thing. You're going to really enjoy it because uh, she does, it, it is a fantastic story that you've never heard before. I guarantee you that. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I just want to share that because I want to let you guys know that, you know, even here in the podcast world, just like authors... You know, we, we make mistakes and it's all right. Just keep going. Don't give up with what you're doing. Uh, the mistakes make a, make us better. I don't know. if that. I hope that gives you a little bit of encouragement. I also want to say for a moment, uh, this coming weekend, March 29th through the 31st in Kansas City is the Kansas City Comic Con. The annual Comic Con comes back every year. They have a lot of guests, a lot of wonderful, wonderful things going on. Uh, I am not a part of it. 
I just wanted to share it because it's a really cool thing and there's going to be a lot of authors there. Um, there's also my uh, our friends, friends of the show, Pop Goes the Culture Network. Those guys are going to be there doing a couple of panels. Another friend of the show and previous guest, uh, William Schlichter, he's doing a panel on Sunday talking about zombies. And uh, I'm Sunday is what I'm shooting for. That's the day I'm planning to be up there, uh, but just in the aspect of as a visitor. Uh, hoping to you know network with some people and, and walk around and catch some of these panels so yeah so if you're in the area this sunday the 31st of march at the kansas city comic-con and you see an older guy walking around in a sample chapter podcast shirt <laughs> then uh you know stop me and say hello and uh, we'll talk for a little bit don't forget to go to comic-con K- kc and check out their list of things that are going on so that way you can catch all the wonderful panels and and uh, cool things are going to be happening as always i want to make sure and give a huge thank you to longtime supporter of the show you store all uh, you store all out of warrensburg missouri is the premium place for self-storage whether you're looking for climate control or non-climate control they have it all they've got moving materials they've got more than 50 cameras uh, getting ready to install some more so it's going to be over 60 by the time they're done and these are 24-hour, you know, backed up to DVR cameras. So uh, they've got security on lockdown. They know what they're doing. They want to make sure that your storage goods are going to be there when you return. It's fenced in. It's gated. Awesome, awesome place. Make sure you go online to check them out at ustoreall.net. That's spelled U-S-T-O-R-A-L-L dot net. Now back to uh, back to Ellie. I'm kind of jumping around today here a little bit, aren't I? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, back to Ellie. Uh, like I said, our our guest today is Ellie Douglas. Uh, she is from New Zealand. She is a horror novelist and freelance artist and book cover designer. I cannot stress enough. You've got to get over to her website, authorellie.com. Don't take my word for it. Get over there and check it out because this is a cool, cool place lots of fun things to do she's got uh you can like i said she's a uh, freelance artist and book cover designer so she's got several avenues there for if you're if you're an author looking for a book cover check out some of the pre-made stuff that she's got she can also create some on spec you know let her know what you're looking for and uh, she can try and whip something up she's got some amazing covers she also does adult coloring books there's a, a link in there for that uh, the, the zombie one is one of the uh, fan favorites, so you want to make sure you, uh, you look for that as well. She also has a Patreon page for, uh, uh, I think it's for the art and her, and her books both. Uh, so you want to go to patreon.com slash author Ellie. Patreon supporters get s- exclusive access to secret stuff. And speaking of secret stuff, she talks about an upcoming project that is a secret, or I guess she doesn't talk about it because it's a secret. But I found out later on what it was, so I know something you don't know. <laughs> anyway, I won't tease you too much about it. But anyway, yeah, her web, like I said, her website is awesome. Uh, <laughs> and you know, among other things, one of the can and I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a guy. One of the things I really liked too was going over to the uh, uh, New Zealand slang dictionary. <laughs> That's in her website. So I got to read all about yak, which is how to talk and, and uh, have conversations. Or a sparrow fart, which is very early in the morning and sunrise. <laughs> it's just, 
I don't know. It's just some of the things that stood out to me. Like I said, maybe it's because I'm a stupid guy. Yeah, they just made me laugh, and I've made sure to use some of those slang in my uh, everyday language ever since then. So thank you, Ellie, for making such an amazing website. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, I can't wait to get us on over to that interview <laughs> right after this word from our sponsor. <laughs> Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard. You can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener writing software, built by writers for writers. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. My goodness, what a wonderful, wonderful interview we've got for you today with horror author out of New Zealand, Ellie Douglas. This is so cool, the the miracle of the internet, getting to go down, uh, I almost said down under, but that's not quite right. Uh, New Zealand would not be the right way for that, but we're going down uh, the other side of the world with Ellie Douglas, and uh, I'll just stop talking. Ellie, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? I'm embarrassing myself already. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's you and not me. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. By all means, let the host do all the embarrassing things. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to have you here. Go ahead and let the audience know a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I'm Ali. I'm an author and I live in New Zealand, Auckland. I have four children, I'm married, and I love being creative. That would be an understatement. Uh, just <laughs> just having spent uh, a little bit of time going through your amazing website at, uh, by the way, everybody, that's authorelly.com. You've really got to ch- go check this out. From just your list of, of books, the, uh, the book trailers that you have on there, your book cover design, oh my goodness, you are definitely a creative person. Thank you. So, all right, so we'll go back a little bit here to to when you started. Now, you actually were a graphic designer, or still are a graphic designer. And, uh, yeah. And now, did you begin doing book covers from the start, or is that you kind of fell into that? I kind of fell into that. I actually started off by just taking photographs and then turning them into some sort of fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then it led from that to making book covers. Wow. Okay. Now that's yeah. and it's really cool. And and you're doing it under, I guess, two different pseudonyms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But they're very very cool, and and you have a really nice gallery of those uh, available online. Uh, and now these are all pre-made, or you make them specific for uh, by request. Absolutely both. Oh, both. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So I do pre-mades, and I also do customs. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's really cool. Now, and we were talking before the show how this is what led you into writing. It did. <laughs> now, how how did that come about? Um, I got because I've 
I really love horror, obviously. <laughs> and when I started designing covers that were relating to the horror genre, I was like, I could write a story with that. You know, the image is what became my muse. So I would get an idea from the image and then write a story. Mm-hmm. And then I decided, well, I like this. I'm going to keep this for myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I started doing that and then just it, that's how it fell into it. How I fell into it, sorry. Yeah. Well, that that's really cool. And, you know, and it's another one of uh, my own thoughts here that I, I've talked about before on the show, how it seems like some of the, the most nice... Uh, and I'm an author, I'm saying that like that. Some of the nicest people I've met, some of the sweetest people are horror authors. <laughs> and and here I am, we've been talking and, and I know, I already know like how nice you are, how wonderful you are and what a good person. And oh my goodness, some of your books, where did this come <laughs> from though? <laughs> Somewhere in my head lives a demon. I'm pretty sure about it. <laughs> Because I don't even know half the stuff that comes out. It just It's just like, I guess, when an artist paints something, the idea just sort of just goes for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just happens, and then I think, oh, I like that. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, so for the listeners, some of her book titles uh, that you can check out, you got Fear Inducer, Toxic Desire, The Dead Undone, The Dead Awake, and Death O' Death. And let's not forget your Hounded book, which uh, you've got a book one and book two now. And Hounded, though, that first one, which was uh, multiple award uh, nominations and, and a winner. You got the Reader's Choice Award from TCK Publishing, New Apple Award for Excellence, the Indie Book nominee with top from Top Shelf. And uh, it looks like this was a recent one, the Greenlight Screenplay Award adaptation. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Ellie. <laughs> Thank you. That's it was a, a shock, <laughs> but it was a good shock, you know, it's like, I guess we all harbor some sort of a little bit of, no, that can't really happen to me, but when it does, it's like, wow, cool, okay, I do have it. <laughs> <laughs> now, tell, tell us about, now with all these awards, tell us about your history uh, as a writer. Um, surely you, you've gone to uh, prestigious classes and, and uh, colleges and, uh, you know, you were, like, top of the line in school, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, now, was this uh, just like your graphic design? This was self-taught? Yeah. Certainly has been. Oh, my goodness. You are certainly an incredible person. Uh, just the creativity is, is clearly just flowing through out of your head, through your fingertips, through your art, everything. I mean, this is really, really great. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> now you have, uh, you still have one of, you've got four kids like I do, and one of them, mm-hmm. one of them is a teenager, still at least one is still living at home. It sounds like. Now, how are you making time as a parent to uh, to make time to write? Three of them live at home. Oh, okay. Just like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the twins are only just 16, and then there's the 18, soon-to-be 19-year-old. And how do I make time? Well, that's a very good question. When I can, when they're asleep, when they're at school, that kind of thing. Oh, very good. 
yeah, I work around them. I have no choice but to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's that's just a sign of, of your commitment. Uh, and it's something I had to learn myself. Uh, I mean, I used to wake up early in the morning because I had to with the kids and their their school class, mm. their uh, their school schedule. But rather than following up with the things I wanted to do, I would watch television or play a video game or something else. And it wasn't until a few years ago when I finally started saying to myself, like, you know, if I'm gonna, if I'm going to be a writer, I need to be serious in making the most of my time when I have that time. And now the yeah. the mornings, once my son is uh, dressed and ready for school, I'm in my my I'm either at the dinner table with my laptop or I'm out in my office doing my writing. Yep, that's exactly what it is, and that's how you've got to do it. Mm. Dedication. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so, all right, now let's let's talk a little bit about your your big book here uh, that has got all these awards, Hounded. Yeah. Now, so now this, this is another one that came from the idea for this came from the uh, the book cover. No, this is actually something that I've had in mind. It sort of was a bit yo-yoing, like you know, I'll think about it and then I think, nah, that won't work, and then I thought, yes, it will. No, it won't. So I kind of argued with myself and then I decided to sit down and write it after I had designed a cover for a dog type thing hmm. I thought yeah I'm gonna do it I'm, I'm gonna actually do it and I did it and I wanted to be different and thought yeah, there's the typical zombies that are humans turn zombie and I thought no let's go with animals so I made dogs turn into zombies I mean, what's worse than that? Oh, my goodness. A bear? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be pretty horrific. <laughs> that, that would be. That would be. But but it means, I mean, that was that was what I thought was really unique about this idea was, uh, yeah, a bear would be pretty horrific, yes. But uh, <laughs> dogs, I think, oh, my goodness, I think dogs outnumber us on the planet. Yeah, and, they do. And most, <laughs> most of them are pretty quick. Uh, I mean, maybe, a, maybe not a chihuahua. But still, a, a rabid chihuahua with zombieism or something like that would still be pretty bad to uh, to deal with. And I could just imagine trying to take on a zombie German Shepherd. Oh yeah, it would be pretty horrific indeed. Yeah. Wow. And now, now correct me if I'm wrong. Hounded was your first book. Yes, Hounded is my first book. It actually started off with Hounded, and I wasn't intending it to become a two book series. But it was too long. I had written both books in one, and then I split them into two. All right. Now, do they – so it's a continuation, then? You need to read the first one to understand what's happening in the second one? Not necessarily. They they can be read individually on their own, hmm. and you'll get the idea. So I reintroduce all the characters in part two as I have in part one. So not necessarily. It would be good if you did, but <laughs> – Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, it made more sense, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's really, really cool. Uh, tell us about Toxic Desire. Okay. I went away from horror and went into psychological thriller with that story. I wanted to do something that was less gory, but it's not really my genre. So as much as it's there, and I do love the book, I actually prefer more on the other side of horror. The the more gory stuff? 
yeah, a more intense. Mm. Yeah. See, I'm I'm a total chicken. Uh, <laughs> not, not me. A lot of people are. <laughs> I actually did not realize how many people didn't really like horror that much, <laughs> especially women. There seems to be a lot of them who don't like horror, which is sad. <laughs> it's like, come on, come on, girls. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, there's something to that, I think, because my wife, she loves the uh, a lot of the horror. She she likes more horror than I do. And, yeah. Uh, my my uh, the art. Right, so I will admit. I've been, since a child, I've been afraid of zombies, and uh, I've gotten better about it over time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, growing up, and uh, when I was little, zombies were like on um, James Bond. It was, you know, the voodoo uh, guy just walking through the uh, through the jungle or something like that, until I started seeing Frank, Frank Romero stuff. And mm. that's when they really started to freak me out. And so, flash forward... <laughs> you know, a couple decades, and now I'm married, and I was managing a movie theater, and we got a, a zombie movie came in, and everybody's talking about how it's going to be, it's going to be so great, and my wife had mentioned it before, so I, I call her up, and I tell her, I said, all right, we've got this movie that you wanted to see, and it's a zombie movie, you can come on up, and, and I'll go see it with you, we'll watch it, and lo and behold, about uh, it wasn't that busy, so I was able to let a bunch of my employees off, and sure enough, they went into the same screening I did. And they all got to see me sitting in the seat with my feet up and freaking out throughout the whole movie while my wife is laughing. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was not a good example of a of a good manager at that time. So. <laughs> but uh, but my wife enjoyed it though. So and it, it was a good uh, it was a good movie. And I've I've gotten better with zombies since. So. <laughs> You'll start building an intolerance. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Now, Hounded was your first book about about two or three years ago, and everything else you've got uh, seven books so far. Seven so far, yes. Oh my goodness, you are so prolific. This is <laughs> awesome. What uh, What's coming next? Like, what are you working on? A secret. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only because it is now with the editor, and I don't want to say what it is until I've had the chance to do a pre-launch for it. Uh -huh. So I'm keeping it under wraps for now, but I can guarantee you're going to love it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see here. What can I? What could I dive into here then? Mm. Uh, okay. What would you like to work on coming up? Um, more horror. <laughs> That's kind of a, a strange question. <laughs> what I like to work on? Sure. Uh, more horror. <laughs> That's fair enough. We'll go with that. After that. <laughs> I have a lot of ideas. I'm not sure if I'll do another collection of short stories mm -hmm. or if I'll do another novel. This one coming out is a novel, so I might do the same. I might do a continuation. I've had a lot of requests from people who have read a lot of the shorts that I have got in the two books and want me to turn them into full-size novels. All right. Well, that's that sounds really great. And today we're going to be hearing from Dead Awake. Now, what can you what can you tell us about this? Well, the Dead Awake Horror Collection, Volume 1, is a collection of short stories that have got zombies, but in every single different 
imaginable place that you can think of, like in space, on a boat, you know, a cruise ship, um, in a fat camp. <laughs> you, you name it, you name it. I've got zombies coming out of every single different places that haven't been done before or have been, but slightly different. All right. Um, yeah. Well, that sounds really exciting. I can't wait to, to dive into it. Where can uh, where can people follow you online? Well, they can go to my website, which is authorally.com. I'm also um, a lot on Twitter. Head down, shame. No. <laughs> <laughs> Spend a lot of time on Twitter. So you can find me there. It's also Author Alley. And same with Facebook, Author Alley. Just type in my name and you'll find me. Yes, yes. And it looks like I'm you've everywhere. got the uh, it looks like you've got all your social media links are on your website as well. And uh yeah. oh and a free book. I forgot to forgot. Yes, to I forgot to mention that too. Yes. yes, there was a free book. Come along and join. <laughs> you get a free story. I love this title. Oh shit, zombies. My last KFC and yours too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well there you go, everyone. So you can check out uh, you're going to hear from the dead awake today and uh, we'll have the link for that book on on uh, in the show notes and, and don't forget to also click on the link for her website so you can go in pick up another one of her books and as always yes leave a review when you once you've read the books because it they've got lots of great reviews and i know i know you're going to love it as much as i am thank you well <laughs> Ellie, this has been really, really wonderful, and I am so happy to have uh, to met you on, on Twitter, and I can't wait to hear your chapter. Thank you. It's been lovely to be here, and I appreciate being asked. Thank you. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Ellie Douglas with The Dead Awake. I will be reading part of one of my short stories titled Foothall Rest Home which is from my book, The Dead Wake Horror Collection, Volume 1. This story is all about Ichabod Davenport, who is an 82-year-old man living in a rest home, which has now been overrun with zombies. It is in first person, and I will start from his journal entry, Day 15. We are running out of food. The residents of Foothill Rest Home have all turned into those walking cannibals, the staff too. I feel doomed. Angela feels it too. Her plan to get us out failed. I'm too old to run, especially with my arthritis, and I've not had any pain medication or arthritic meds for some days now. You can imagine how much pain I'm in. I need to write this. Okay, I need Angela to write this, but I had to give her a moment. She was crying. I want her to be safe. Lord knows I do. She's been looking after me this whole time. We are the only living humans left in this rest home. Okay, she's back again. I'll let her carry on for me. The place had started to stink up. All Angela and I could smell was dead putrid meat. It permeated into my nose and left a bitter taste in the back of my throat. Angela said it was the same for her. For a few days we could hear deathly atrocious hollering from outside. My little barred window offered very little in the way of seeing what was happening. Even if it could, I was only looking directly into one of Foothall's gardens. My heart ached, but I knew what had to be done. I thought I had convinced Angela to give me the last of the morphine and to use my body as a shield. She was young, only 24 years old, and had a daughter somewhere out there. She had to go find her child. Angela was kind and tried to convince me that there was another way, that someone would rescue us. I knew it wasn't ever going to happen. It was time I got her out so she could find her family. Journal Entry Day 18 I'm still here. 
I was unable to convince Angela to save herself. Besides, the morphine was kept in a locked glass cabinet in the nurse's area, and neither of us could make it there. We stayed in my room for a few more days. The power was out and it was getting colder. We were both hungry. Food had run out and all we had left was four bottles of water. While she slept, I left the room. Though this is hard for me to write, I need to tell you what I saw. Once I quietly stepped out of my haven and entered the hallway, I almost fell over due to the revolting stench. A few days back it was ripe. Now it was ten times worse. Bile rose to the back of my throat, coating it in hot acid. I wanted to be sick but forced myself to stay still and quiet. I could hear them. They scared the shit out of me. Lord knows it wouldn't take much to overpower me. I tiptoed awkwardly toward the day room. It was the only way to the kitchen. When my eyes caught movement, I would stop and hold my breath. Except my breathing was like daytime snoring. Damn old age, it screws everything up. I kept pausing, kept moving, kept holding my breath. I managed to get through to the day room, and what I saw will be tattooed into my damn brain forever. In death, I believe I will still see this. Several of the freaky-looking cannibals were lumbering around by the TV. On the floor beneath them lay several mutilated bodies. Some were still alive, but had transformed, and were twitching, or reaching torn-up arms as if to grab onto something. The amount of limbs scattered around the day room was astronomical. The blue carpet was no longer blue. It was stained blood red. The innards of old folks and staff members were spilled across multiple sections, and plasma had painted the crappy white walls into a spectacular form of art. If one had not known it was blood, one would have appreciated the creative artwork from arterial spray to body parts. Okay, as morbid as that is, it was a glorious sight, even if it stung my insides like a hundred bees. My stomach churned and the hunger I had felt was gone. Now all I wanted was a way out for Angela. I looked toward the exit. Through the day room on the left was the way out. On the right were the administration offices, and further down that corridor was where the nurses' station and kitchen were. I couldn't see what was lurking behind the wall. It was the only way out. If you haven't already noticed, I do repeat myself. Hey man, give me a break. I am old, remember? 82 years old. I made my way there, being extra quiet and stepping over body parts, which was the hardest job I've had to do in my entire life. My knees were threatening to give out on me, and the constant lifting of my legs to step over the remains was killing me, but I kept on going. My thoughts on Angela. I must save her. I made it to the wall and held it to catch my ragged breath. Jesus, I sounded like a distant freight train and couldn't believe that none of the cannibals had heard me. Could it have just been me hearing myself and assuming I was louder than I actually was? I looked at my hand on the wall and braced the scream rising in my throat. At first I thought it was just damp from the lack of air, but hell no, it was worse than being just a damp wall. My hand was resting on what looked like the remains of an eyeball. I quickly dropped my hand and wiped it across my pyjama pants. I took one step forward, then another, until I could stretch my head around the corner of the wall to see what was behind it. I craned my head, arched it as far forward as I could, and looked left and right. The reception area was clear except for one old man named George. He looked right at me. I pulled my head in quickly and held my breath. After a few seconds, I looked back around and he was still staring right at me. The hairs on my arms and neck stabbed at me. I was shitting my pants. I knew for the first time that they couldn't see. Whatever happened to their eyes during transformation disabled their vision. But then, 
what were they using to find people and attack them? It must be sound. So I decided to test my theory. I retreated back quietly into the day room. I caught sight of an upturned book on the floor and bent over to pick it up. Damn, doing that nearly killed my back. I had to stop and stretch upwards to correct my lower back pain, but it did little to help. I crept back to the corner of the wall, poked my head around again, and still George was glaring my way. Jesus, he had turned into one ugly fubar. His skin had opened up in places, and some kind of brownish liquid was oozing out. His face had changed too. His nose was gone. Yep, I kid you not, he had no nose, just two gaping black holes right smack in the middle of his face. His veins were bright and reddish, purple that had spread across his entire body. His pyjama top was torn half from his torso, while his pants were slid on one side, where he was obviously bitten. I edged forward a little more and threw the book to the right, which headed towards the officers. Immediately, George's head snapped toward the sound, and from behind me, the others had heard it too. They were all now moving toward the noise. I panicked and let out a damn scream. They heard that too. I quickly picked up a severed hand. Holding down the rising vomit, I threw it across the room. Again, they headed toward it. I used the wall to guide myself back towards my own room. I was, or at least I thought I was, being very quiet, except I wasn't. I was standing on debris and unknown body parts. My bare feet were making squelching sounds, and I had to stop moving. In front of me, on the stained carpet, was Bob Mangrove's hat. It was one of those cowboy ones, made from tough leather, so I knew it would make some good noise. I again lowered my body and picked it up. My right knee cracked when I stood back upright. I froze when two of them followed the sound of my cracking knee. I threw the hat as far as I could, and damn it, it caught the end of one of the couches and landed five feet from me. I had no choice but to move back towards the exit. I pressed my body hard against the wall and used it to brace my walking. I slid slowly along the wall until I was back watching George. He had moved a few feet, but I could hear his breathing, if you could call it that. It was a grunting more than a breathing. I'll admit that it freaked me out, seeing him up close. I couldn't believe how deformed he looked. It reminded me of one of those creatures from the movie The Hills Have Eyes. I waited for a few minutes. When the others in the day room ambled back towards the tally, I took the chance to make my way back to my room. But damn it, it was just my luck that I stood on an air. And yes, I screamed again. This time, only one of the things seemed to home in on me. It charged at me at an alarming rate. I automatically closed my eyes and threw my hands up in defence, and it chomped right on my wrist. I opened my eyes when I felt no pain. I couldn't help myself. I laughed like a kid going on a roller coaster ride for the first time. I'm talking downright, hard out, laugh your guts out. Here was Newton, furiously biting on my wrist and clawing at me with his hands, but not penetrating my skin, because like most in here, he had no teeth. His dentures must have fallen out, and the sorry bastard was trying to gum me to death. <laughs> and that was Ellie Douglas reading her chapter from The Dead Wake. Oh my gosh, I told you that was a that was a story like you've never heard before. <laughs> hey, don't forget to click the links in the show notes so you can follow Ellie. Head on over to her website. Uh, they have we also have the links there for some of our friends and our sponsors. If you if you like the show, please leave us a review so that, that way find it'll help people find the show. Uh, subscribe so that, that way each week you don't miss out when we come back with a new author, a new book, and a new sample chapter. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Ha <laughs> ha.